Hi, I'm Morgan. Welcome to More Games. I wanted to do this podcast to inspire people to go after their dreams and have the lifestyle they've always wanted for themselves. So I hope you come on this journey with me to hear from people that inspire me to be better. I hope they do the same for you. Drew, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's a big incident. It's it's surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. So I appreciate you coming on. I love your logo. This is your studio, right? It is. This is my little at home studio. We actually built on the to the front of our house like a really cool little white studio. That way I'm able to kind of do my flower work and uh, just kind of do it, everything here. And I have a separate office on the other side of the house just so I can kind of think and get all my proposals done. So, but here I am. This is kind of where all the, the fun things happen. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So I learned about you from Ben Trani, the producer of this podcast. Uh, you guys have worked together on your company. So basically, for those of you who don't know, uh, she owns a floral company. So, um, I would love to, I mean, first of all, I've looked at your Instagram. You do beautiful work. Thank you. You do amazing work. So I, you know, Ben's told me a lot about you. I know that you kind of juggle a lot. You're a wife and a mom, you have a -hmm. business and I, you know, especially like in COVID, I think it's a, a great, um, thing to like, kind of let people know how you balance everything through this. I mean, even before COVID, I'm sure it's difficult to balance everything. And during COVID, um, I just don't know how people do it. I can barely keep it together and it's just me. So it's I, hard. <laughs> so I really want to have you on to, um, to just kind of like share with other people that maybe have, you know, businesses or thinking about opening a business and they have a family, like how do you do it all? My gosh, that is a loaded question because I don't, I think sometimes days I just crash and burn. So I'm a, I'm a florist and I've actually been a florist now with my own company for almost 10 years now. Um, I'm not a classically trained, but my father was classically trained. So he kind of taught me all the ropes of floral design and balance and all these great things. Um, And then I kind of rebelled and I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to do anything artistic. I think I want to be a nurse. And they were like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and, and not that they really pigeonholed me any which way. They let me just do whatever. But I come from a, a family of lawyers and insurance agents and a few doctors here and there and lots of lawyers though. So when I kind of said, I want to be a nurse, they're like, say what now? Okay. <laughs> all right. That's, that's cool. It's all good. So that's kind of what I ended up doing. That's kind of what I ended up doing. So um, fast forward to all that, I ended up go- stopping that because it was a, it's a thankless job, honestly. I feel like nurses should get paid millions of dollars for the jobs that they do. It is very thankless. And I'm very thankful for all the first responders and everybody else handling all this COVID situation now because it is rough. It's yeah, rough. It definitely it's is. so rough right now. So um, yeah, so I ended up getting out of that. I said, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then my dad's like, you can always do flowers if that's what you want to do. And I was like, all right, let's do this. If I'm going to do it though, I want to do it my way. I want to do it my way. So sometimes when you go on my Instagram and you're able to see these kind of crazy kooky designs and installations, you know, it's a lot of figment of my imagination, but it's kind of doing it my way and just having fun doing it. Well, I think that's why it's so successful too, is that you like, you've, 
you know, you know, your ideas, your dreams, your vision, and you're staying in your lane and not doing what maybe it sounds like other people are saying, this is how you should do it. You do it yourself yeah. shows. And that's why you're so successful. It's, it's beautiful. All your work is so gorgeous. Thank you. I appreciate that. I guess like maybe a little bit of a natural rebelliousness. I kind of feel like you have to have that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like if you run a business or you're trying to do that, a lot of people will kind of hold you back with a lot of things that you may want to do, but it, maybe it's uh, you know beyond their scope of what they can wrap around their head. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to have this rebellious, no, I can do this. No, I'm going to do this. Uh, no, I want to do this. You kind of have to form those types of ideas around you in order to be really successful um, in that because it's scary. It's scary and can be a little lonely sometimes, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. No, I learned that uh, lesson, you know, when I got into training and my first job mm -hmm. was Equinox. Um, that was my first training job. And I mm -hmm. remember my boss at the time saying, you know, you might have your idea of a, a, a way of how you want to train or how you want to do things, which is great, mm -hmm. but you have to learn our way first. And once uh. you learn what you're doing, then you can go off and you can you know, put your own spin on it. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so that's kind of, I mean, like you said, your dad taught you how to do things like quote unquote the right way. Yeah, he yeah. Learned. And then you, it sounds like you kind of took that and put your own spin on it and it's totally paid off. So that's amazing. It's been fun. It's been a definitely a wild ride, but as glamorous as it sounds, being a florist, oh, Let's float through the clouds. Yes, let's, let's play with flowers all day. I get that a lot. Oh yeah, this would be so nice to play with flowers all day. And I just tilt my head like, yeah, play with flowers all day. Yep, that's what I do. <laughs> no, Maybe honestly, if I worked for a florist. <laughs> right. No, honestly, to me, it does sound really stressful because I'm sure you do a lot of weddings and you do a lot of really big events where it like means everything to some people like they have you have okay. to get it right and maybe your vision might not be the same as theirs so I'm sure that you kind of have to figure out a balance between what you feel you need to do and do your job the way you like it yeah. and, and make them happy so I'm sure that it gets stressful sometimes it's true and I think at the very beginning of my career we had kind of more of that but I think once you establish yourself and you really allow people to kind of trust what you do they let you just really take the reins. And then, so when my clients kind of come to me, it's, hey, I've seen your work. I love it. I'm going to let you do whatever it is that you do because I know it's going to be amazing. So that's most of my clients who come to me. They may have a general idea, but they're usually coming to me because they know that I want to take this idea and expand it and make it bigger or make it different. That's usually kind of where that kind of comes from. Um, and then usually what happens is I just kind of go with the flow and just jump right head first and say, hey, look, let me surprise you, but let's kind of do this. So I'd say the challenge is challenging myself to keep pushing the envelope and kind of going bigger or different. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge that I have and just kind of staying in a very positive mindset so that I can put forth my best work and be really cool and innovative. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. No, I would love yeah. to get into, so I'm always fascinated with um, just like, you know, how people become who they are. And like, I know you touched a little bit on, you know, you first want to be a nurse and then you kind of gave up on that and decided you did want to kind of follow in your dad's footsteps. But I would love to hear more about, um, about your 
childhood and like how oh. how it was growing up in the family you grew up with and and how you are so driven to have your own business and I know like as a woman it can be a little challenging to like go out there and have people take you seriously. I mean, I, I know from experience and so, yeah. um, it, you know, I know it takes drive to like, keep, keep going in this world. And so, um, I would just love to kind of turn over to you and I would love to hear your story. So. My gosh, you, you know, it's funny. You asked me this question the other day and I first said, well, why does she want to talk to me? Like what, what is so interesting about what I have to say? And then the more you were kind of unraveling kind of a little bit about your history, the more I saw a lot of parallels. And I said, okay, okay, here, we came to play here, Morgan, okay. <laughs> and I mean, I think we all kind of have a fun upbringing, right? Some, I say fun, cause that's a very light term. It's all very speckled and glittery and, and all this crazy stuff that usually happens. But, you know, growing up in my household, I grew up with very, two very, very driven people very driven. My mother was very uh, driven in the financial industry. My father um, owned his own business, but he was very, very driven. At first, he was a welder, got laid off after 20 years of working at a certain company and decided, you know what, I don't want to work for another company. I'm going to do this myself. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of that mindset was kind of ingrained in us. Uh, I had three, uh, two sisters um, and kind of ingrained in us since the very, very beginning. So but that what's what that means though is a lot of missing my dad because he was working so much right my mom having the career in finance having a very typical nine to five job up in the very early morning before we even woke up and then home by five o'clock because of an LA commute right so um I I kind of grew up as a latchkey kid just kind of doing my own thing and being very very independent and just kind of doing all that. So when you look on TV and you see all the warm and fuzzies or you see parents, you know, <laughs> eating at all on the table together and this and that. And, oh, Drew, how was your day today? You know, you don't really get a whole lot of that. A lot of us were kind of separated, kind of living our own lives in, 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 a, in a nutshell. So when we did come together, that was always weekends. They were very hands-on weekend. We're going to go out. We're going to get the trailer. We're going to go to the lake. We're going to go camping. We're going to go with our friends. Um, and we did not grow up rich, but we did not grow up poor. It's that nice little fun little middle where you're, make, you're, you're paying all your bills. And if there are struggles, my parents never let me see any of it. That's very, very interesting. And then you learn later on that we almost had the lights turned off because the bills weren't paid or there was, we weren't making enough or, oh, we used to have an RV, but now it's not here. Oh, well, it got repossessed because your dad lost his job. And during that period of time when he was trying to establish his new job, <laughs> some things got taken away because we couldn't balance it all. So my mom held down the house while my dad transitioned to owning his own business for at least a year. Um, and that was a lot. It was a lot. And you really had no idea that they were struggling like that. What great parents though. Because no I mean, and my parents are very similar where they had their struggles, but every Christmas I got everything on my list and, you know, and, and, you know, anytime we needed anything, it was there. And then later on knowing like they have to file for bankruptcy, and, you know, like, it's like, you have no idea because they just didn't allow you didn't to tell see that us with great parents. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting though, but I do think that because of those struggles, they taught us and ingrained in, in me and my sisters how to be really strong women, mm -hmm. how to be really, really strong. So when you kind of fast forward through, and again, you're still, I'm still learning all those things as a little kid. So when I 
growing up, I was picked on. I was totally picked on. I grew up in an area that was very multiracial. We had Hispanics, we had Latinos, we had Asian people, we had black people, we had white people. It was this You're in LA. fun little, I actually am in a city called West Covina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. West Covina has always been a very, very huge melting pot of a lot of different ethnicities and whatnot. So that's kind of where I grew up. Um, and so I, but I was picked on though. I was picked on because I was super tall, very, very tall above all the boys. And I thought, well, if I can't beat them, join them. So I was such a tomboy growing up and, and trying to kind of find my niche of kind of where I fit in. And of course the girls thought I was trying to go after the boys, but I wasn't, I was just trying to fit in because that's who accepted me. Boys accepted me. <laughs> yeah, you can play, play ball. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You can play kickball. You can kick really cool. You can run fast. Cool. So growing up, I always just had a bunch of guy friends because that's kind of who I connected with. Um, and so you kind of fast forward through all that and trying to kind of come into your own at 13. And I believe it or not, as loud as and as crazy as I am, I was very kind of just a little bit shy, just kind of trying to find my own way and, and got picked on, you know, quite a bit for being as tall as I am or being different. Um, and, you know, you, even going through high school, I was in my drum line. Um, still didn't quite fit in 100% there because I, I did stand out and just trying to kind of form your own. So a lot of those, those the, the way that I kind of grew up in kind of this clamshell, remember in my household, you grew up to be a strong person. You're a strong woman. You take charge. You don't let anybody punk you out, right? But this juxtaposition of not getting that through my head. So you have this life at school, but then you have this life at home. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. So at home, you can be yourself, you can be that strong person. But for some reason, in the real world, it just wasn't translating. So with jobs, I got run over by a lot of, you know, bosses, um, got, you know, just just really dumb stuff, really taken advantage of for the kindness that I that I had. Um, and I think something one day just completely clicked. Um, I know you had mentioned before kind of a little, you know, trouble in your past when it comes to certain exes. And I had an ex that totally took advantage, two exes actually, that totally took advantage of that kindness and were very, very verbally and physically abusive. And you're thinking, there's no way. Like, how, how, can, that, how can that be? But I feel like when you don't know your worth, you end up being in these situations that you just never thought that you would. So these people who would say that they love you so much, but then would tear down your dreams mm -hmm. and would say, oh no, you can't do that because that's just not the safe route to do that. You need to do this instead. And maybe they were held back by their own uh, insecurities, but they had to infiltrate that on you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you do that after a year or so, you know, you, you start to kind of believe that. Right. Um, and it was really discouraging. It was really discouraging, um, you know, especially when you're trying to kind of find your way and you don't really know if you're really worthy of success or if you're really worthy of that kind of love that you truly deserve. Mm -hmm. So when finally breaking away from my, my, you know, my last ex, who was extremely just very just, I wouldn't say verbally abusive, but just very mentally abusive, very held back, very discouraging, um, but in a very loving way. Right. Funny. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel you. Cause I've had, you know, like we talked about those experiences as well. And, um, after a lot of therapy and stuff, <laughs> I have realized that for whatever reason, like you were, you know, raised in a very, you know, strong household, you're raised to be a strong woman. 
I think along with that, um, and the but then also with that, the insecurities we both got from school and being bullied yeah. a little bit, um, it kind of makes you doubt that. And I think that we are kind of that mixture, a great target for narcissists, unfortunately. And I have had a couple in my life. And it's, um, it's kind of work, like, I've read books and stuff on narcissists. And, and it says, like, you can't fault yourself, like, you're a victim of, of narcissism. And it really sucks, because they love the challenge, their challenge is strong women that they can break yes, down. Yes, they can back. break it's, down. And so it's almost a compliment because they see that we are strong women, independent women, but then it sucks because we end up falling for their charm. And then at the end of the day, they just don't want us to be more successful Shine. than them. And so it really, uh, it's tough. But once you like realize it, you could sort of try to outsmart them and, and get around that when you see them. Totally. So, so you finally got out of those, you know. Yeah, finally got out of those. And I actually ended up meeting my husband in transition from that, that faulty little ex, right? And it, it was funny because the way that it kind of transpired, my husband is probably one of the nicest people I'll ever meet in my entire life. He is the sweetest, kindest, loyalist, just the, just a good all around. You're thinking, can somebody like that really exist in life? Like, this is crazy. It's crazy. But a lot of that baggage from my previous relationship really dipped into the very beginnings of it. And at first I was very mouse-like and oh, okay, it's fine. And this and that, and it's going to be great and cool, cool, cool. Um, no, it's fine. No, 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 no. Yeah. And it was always, you know, allowing him to kind of have a say and allowing all this. And he'd say, no, what do you want? No, no, it's fine. Whatever you want to do. I'm totally easy. It's great. And all of a sudden we get married and something just clicked it. I don't know if it was just a whole conglomeration of things that had just been built up for so long, but then it became, oh no, we're done here. We're done here. We're going to do things this way. We're going to do things this way. We're going to do things this way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I said no to this. And then just became this complete opposite of like this rubber band that finally just got shot off. And then it was like, oh God, get out of her way. <laughs> and it was he, how did he take that? He was dating this like very, yeah. <laughs> oh, very like, oh wow, this is great. And this and that. And you know, he had actually been married before. So he had kids from previous marriage too. And it was like, it was serene and it was great. And uh, about a year in things just completely just slipped. You know, obviously there's, there's tumultuous things when in a step family, right. And you're raising teenage daughters and this and that, and you'd have a baby mama. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> you know, and then there's not a, you know, there's a little bit of conflict, a conflict it burst up. And instead of approaching it in the nice chill way, Oh, it's fine. No, 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 just don't do that. I was just like, Oh, we want to go two rounds now. Okay. All right. I mean, take a, all right, let's do this. And then all of a sudden it was this Drew that emerged out of nowhere. And it was like, we come for blood and this is what we're going to do here. And this is the Drew that I've been ever since. So it, it, yeah. it was a strength that came forth, but it was almost like a Hulk strength, right? Even a Hulk strength can do a whole lot of damage. And so when you have people who are so caring and loving and sweet, and all of a sudden you go, this is not how we're doing this anymore. I said, you need to sit down it just became this whole ricochet. So we had a lot of troubles in the very beginning. I'm trying to kind of maneuver this newfound voice that I had kind of acquired over time because it, it was not any specific situation. It was just a years of culmination of being quiet, of taking it, of, of saying, hey, being heard, you're not good enough. 
of, of not being enough and saying, yes, I am. And this is how we're going to do this. And I'm no longer living my life the way that others say that I should. We're going to do it my way. And if you don't like it, you can get out because I was just done. And that's honestly, that's the other opposite, right? That's so unbalanced. But there had to be, there, it's almost like there had to be this breakthrough of a transition so that I could get my balance back. Right. right. So my husband is, he's really so incredibly patient, but there's no lies told here. That was rough and still is rough at times. But it's understanding and it's great that you had such a supportive, understanding, patient husband because there isn't, I guess, like a lot of men that that would have handled that the way that it sounds like he did. But it sounds like you, you had this strength inside you that you had to keep you know, buried for so long in school and in your relationships. And so, but that's not who you yeah. were. And so it sounds like when you finally felt comfortable to release it, it was a lot, but it's like, then it ended up being this great balance and brought you to who you are today. So it's so true. Yeah, it, it's so true. And I think because of that strength, that newfound strength that kind of was just there and discovered learning ways to be able to taper that strength. But that's what gave me the courage to be able to do it my way and start my own business um, and to do it. I think it, it, it comes from struggles. It comes from a past. It comes from a deep rooted place of energy that you really have to just exert to be able to force yourself to kind of just push through. And that's why it's funny. I was talking with Ben and I'm always saying, you know what, as entrepreneurs, you have to be a little bit crazy and have a fun little past to give you the, the superhuman strength that people think that we have to push through because it is difficult. It's not easy, guys. It's not easy. Otherwise, everybody would do it. But there, there has to be this energy or the strength that just pushes you through. You have to have your why um, to be able to keep going. Um, and sometimes it is superhuman. Sometimes it's even bigger than us. But we just it's the catalyst that kind of keeps going. And that's how we're able to do it. So when mm-hmm. people say, wow, this is so bold or wow, look at these designs. You're so, it's so, it's so bold. I'm like, well, yeah, because this is no, there's no other way for me to do it anymore. I don't know what that means to be quiet. So. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm glad that you, you know, I mean, and when looking back, like you, like when we first started talking the other day and it was the first time we had ever spoke, um, you know, you said, I'm so boring. Why do you want to interview me? And, and, and I, and I really like, I went through this, the same type of realization. I felt like you were realizing talking to you like, Oh, I do have a story. It's just, I feel like fighters, they don't even realize they're fighting. Like my whole, I I really didn't realize until I got to a point where I felt like I could finally breathe. And I'm like, Oh my God. I just went through like 15 years of fighting and I didn't realize it until I finally felt comfortable enough to stop and breathe. And, um, but I I didn't realize it. And and then it wasn't until, you know, I started really telling people my struggles and what I had just gone through and, Oh, I'm here today. And I didn't realize that I was even struggling or fighting. Um, but now I feel like we have this amazing story and it wasn't easy for us and it's not easy and it's a fight. Not easy. Um, but it's funny because I feel like we don't even really think, think about it. Um, just- I love what you just said. Fighters don't even realize they're fighting. Mm-hmm. 
that resonates so much. I had to have that moment right there because I was like, you know what? When you're, when everybody's able to take a look at their past, take a look at how far they've come, look at all that has been accomplished to this point to get you where you are. Look at everything you've had to face to get at this exact moment right now in this podcast, whoever's watching, wherever, wherever you're watching, right? It's very interesting when you can kind of reflect back, that can almost serve as a catalyst looking back on how far we've come and what work still needs to be done. Right. Honestly, honestly. Right. And then to, it's funny, I have a funny little thought too, because I, again, kind of combating with, I'm, I feel like I'm all over the place a lot. I never understood why I was so all over the place. I'd do one thing over here, then I'd jump over here, then I would do this over here and I could focus on there. But when it comes to focusing in on mundane tasks, I'd be like, God, just kill me. <laughs> I just want to die. I don't want to do this right now. Paperwork. Oh my God. Sitting at an office job. <laughs> it was insane. I think I've been fired from every single office financial job I think I've ever had in my entire life. And I'll stay there for a time. <laughs> I'm not really like fired, but like I've had, you know, I had an office job. Uh, I've had two office jobs where both bosses came to me and said because like I'm I'm sweet too and so they feel bad they don't want to fire me like I've done nothing wrong. they just come to me and go I really don't think this is like your avenue like I really Thank think you, you should honey. consider maybe doing something else so I'm not firing you <laughs> but I do feel like we should probably let you go or maybe you should just quit <laughs> let's read oh my god and that's telling you literally that yo ass can't sit down at that type of job and okay so here's here hear me out on this one then because I love that you said that I've always struggled with that same exact struggle it would be like maybe this isn't for you well let's just write her up because maybe she'll get it together and I would be like I'm trying my best yeah. but I wasn't really trying I was just like this is the <laughs> job I really hate it and I mean finance and financial planning and all this stuff I'm like yeah. I'll do it. Okay. Okay. Hey, it'll be cool. And then all of a sudden we just fall right off because right. it just became so mundane. And then I realized, I think I, I became self-diagnosed. Me and my husband had actually gone to a counseling session and the, uh, he had actually been seeing that therapist for a while. And then the therapist actually said, you know, my husband has adult ADHD or adult ADD. And I'm going to give you this book. I'm not saying that you have it, but I'm going to give you this book. I want you to read it. And if you find a couple of things that resonate with you, we should have a conversation. So a lot of the struggles that my husband and I were having, you know, even going forward up until this day, kind of a, a lot of it does coincide with adult ADD. So I read the book and I was just like, ew, like, no, that's not what I know. That's not true. And then the more I read it, the more I was like, oh my God. This is the funniest thing. And I think people are walking around not realizing that that may be a lot of an issue. Adult ADD doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, you freaking, somebody can say something and then your attention's over here, or you have a hard time focusing. It could mean having a really hard time prioritizing what's important and what isn't. It could mean uh, things that are super duper mundane. You struggle with that attention because it's not entertaining enough, but you can build these tall installations. You can build these centerpieces. You can jump from here to here and you thrive in that because it gives you that attention. You focus on it and then you move on. Yeah. Funny situation. Yeah. yeah. And then, 
I, I was like, no, I don't have it. No, but maybe I'm in denial. Okay, maybe I do. I'll just kind of secretly read this book and kind of be looking at certain things. And then I ended up going out for the show, which I made and they cut all of us like a week before production. But the, whenever you do a show, they usually will have psychologists kind of assess you, make sure you're not an ax murderer, all, the, all those yeah. fun things, right? Who are they bringing on to these sets to make sure they're all good to go? And the psychologist said, you know, I bet you struggle with uh, ADD, don't you? And I said, what? After you read the book, can you? <laughs> I said, excuse yourself? What did you say to me? And she said, yeah, I bet you do. You said, you know, a lot of, because she has to interview a lot of the top chefs and other shows. She said, you know, believe it or not, a lot of top chefs, you'd be surprised, struggle with that. And they thrive in certain mm -hmm and certain avenues like this and certain businesses, because you can go from one thing to one thing and uber focus on it. And then you move on and then you're done. She said, I bet you struggle with paperwork, don't you? All the fun proposals and things you have to write. I was just like, Ew. you don't know me, get out of my life. So it was so funny because I think that was this big, huge epiphany of, okay. All right, Drew, we need to reassess here and kind of put some channels in place to make sure that you can genuinely thrive in this business. And that's also why I think I am as successful as I am because taking a lot of these weaknesses or a lot of these difficulties that you may have and turning it into a strength is what allows you to be successful right? in a huge way. And it's funny because everybody has a story. So she started listing all these celebrities that have all these difficult, you know, difficulties, Justin Timberlake and George Clooney and all these people that she had talked to that are known to actually have, you know, certain, certain uh, difficulties or certain um, challenges and how they're able to take a lot of these strengths and build them into a business and, and call on these strengths to make you successful. So newfound, haven't talked to anybody about that, haven't shared it in that with anybody. This is a very, very open, very open moment, but I'm sharing that because you know, I think that vulnerability and really discovering that is actually what helped me to understand more about who I am and how I work mm -hmm. and, and what my strengths can be. So uh, it's so funny though, too, because I see Ben all the time, just he always puts things in his calendar. What, we have an editing session? Well, we have to do this. Yeah. Well, we have to do this. Okay, we have to go do this here. How long? Four hours? Yes. It puts everything in. So it's yes. so funny because it's doing that has helped me to stay even more organized yes. and not forget about certain things. Yes. It's so true. Amazing. I know. I know. Ben's so good at that. As soon as we mention something, he puts in his calendar. If I have something that I'm like, wait, were we doing this? Well, it wasn't in my calendar. Like it doesn't exist. Like, he's very like, <laughs> that way. If it's not in Love the it. calendar, it doesn't exist. But no, I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I think it's really important for listeners because I think just in society, we have this, um, this like habit of taking things like that, like ADD, um, I have, I've, I don't even know if I've like said it on here, but um, I'm dyslexic. And I think that we have a way mm -hmm. of, of taking those in and just as, because they're technically a disorder, we think it's, it's negative. Yeah. But like you said, I think that the best thing to do is just kind of realize this is the situation, but it doesn't have to be negative. It could be a strength, you know, and, and just finding out how to make it your strength. And like you right. said, when you realize that, I think that's 
probably when your business got better, you realize it and you realize, okay, the weaknesses of this, I can fix by doing this. But for sure. strengths of this, I can do this, 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 this. And you really realize like how that's going to help you. And I think that a lot of why I didn't do well at office work and probably why you didn't is, is because we're creative people and we can't just sit there all day. It feels like a waste yeah. of time. Like it is creativity and it's being wasted. Like totally. I love putting together a program. It makes me so happy. And, um, and I like, there are times like pre pandemic where I could not wait to go to the gym because it, at night I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to get creative with this, you know, piece of equipment and do this. And I'm like, I can't wait to do this. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's just a spin on things, a different outlook, to, you know, not being so negative yeah. about certain things, turning it into right. a positive. So into I a positive. Thank you for sharing that. It's really, it, it was eye-opening eye, eye for me. And I kind of, I, I now I encourage others to look at pe what people call uh, deficiencies, what people call disorders, what people call um, weaknesses, all of those things and flip it around and turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you do that is a strength? What do you do that you're really good at? I think for those who really truly want to own a business or, or be able to call those shots in their business, they have to be able to focus on what's important with them and, and what their strengths are and really drive it home. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you hear a lot of podcasts or you hear a lot of things, people will say, well, what do you like to do? Or what do you like to create? Or what do you love to, what interests you? But I think the more important question is, what are your strengths? Mm -hmm. What are your strengths? What are you, what drives you what if you have to describe yourself in five different keywords how would you describe yourself positive only then make a column for the negative and see how many negatives you can turn into positives mm -hmm. that's an exercise that i like to do with myself whenever i am feeling like oh my god this isn't good enough especially in the world of instagram right we all like to say we don't compare but there's a tiny bit of comparison there and yeah, especially cool. during yeah right and especially during covid and we have a lot more time to to be quiet and be on social media. I think the, the rise of people comparing or I'm not where I should be or, oh my gosh, should I be doing this? Or I now have to do this. I think sometimes can really make people down. So mm -hmm. I think having these conversations with yourself on a very frequent basis to reassure yourself that you're on the right track. That's something that I personally do um, to make sure that I can kind of still hedge forward. And with me, I have to create when I'm happy. Mm -hmm. There is zero creating with me if I'm pissed off, right. I'm sad, I'm depressed, my husband pissed me off. There is none of that. There's none of that. I'm just like, nope, we're going to go ahead and shut it down for the day until I am happy. Right. And that's what I'm going to do because flowers and creating make me so happy. But in order for me to channel those creative juices, I have to be in a good, happy place because I feel like that exudes the energy in the flower. So if I'm giving you flowers, you want me to have had a huge fight or been pissed off that something went wrong. And then here you go. They're going to be a bunch of black roses. They're all like dying. You're like, here, just take it. It's so true. It's so true. So I don't know about you. How do you, when you're able to, I'm going to ask you a question this morning. When, yeah. Hello girl. Hello girl. So when you have to channel, say something just went so wrong and you're like, Oh my gosh. And you have a client in an hour that you have to train 
who you know is bubbly and just great. You have to motivate them. Where do you find the strength yeah, it's to really get up and tough. do things? It's really tough. And I have to be honest, I don't always do the best job of it because part of personal training is you're very personal and my clients become my family. And so it really mm. depends on who it is. If I know, like I do have clients where I know I have to be on 100%. And mm -hmm. if I'm not, they're not going to be happy with me where I know my boundaries with certain people. So I could have a really, really awful day where I just been crying all day. And I know I have a client, I really have to suck it up and just put on a smile. And I do, and it's really tough. And they can even say, they go, something's up. Your energy is a little different. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just, I'm tired. Okay. And, I'm just, and I'm they know I'm different, but they don't really want to know they just want to get through their workout and get to their day they have their own issues but i wait until i have that client where i know they're like mama and i can open up to oh, them or sister and then you know the training session that they're paying me for will turn into a therapy session and they're like and i'm like okay you really need to get to your workout and they're like oh, oh it's okay and i'm like oh my and so it's just it's kind of a struggle like i um you know, and it also was easier when I was working at a gym mm -hmm. to like keep things really professional, but, uh, owning my own business, there's a lot of great things about it that I love. I wouldn't take it back. I'm glad I left Equinox and I did. I'm glad I'm on my own now. Um, but as far as keeping that, um, professional mm -hmm. like boundary, um, it just completely depends on, on the client. And sometimes we do like struggle with that. I'm still, but, but at the same time, like those clients that I do open up to and that it does sometimes for both of us turn in a therapy session, sometimes they've been with me the longest and mm -hmm. they've gotten great results and, and it all kind of works out and we're like family. And so I would, I don't know if I would really change it too much, but it's really tough to, um, you can tell when I'm in my programming, like when I'm on that day and things are great. And then you can tell the days I'm not, I'm like, just do, do whatever. <laughs> just, just get it done. Like, let's just do it. You know, let's it's just, you'll get through it. Yeah. Right. I think we all have, Yeah, we all have these things that we can try to use as coping mechanisms to kind of get through certain, you know, certain things. And, um, I've kind of, it's funny because you are a trainer and I've always respected trainers and people who can train their bodies to do what they need it to do. I've always respected that. I actually grew up as the chunky kid. I totally did. That also contributed toward the great self-esteem issues. I grew up chunky. My sisters were always had cute little bodies, you know, banging bodies, black girl booties. And so um, I just didn't, I just didn't have that. And so I got to a point where I was in my late teens uh, like I think barely 20 is when my body just started changing. And I really started to put more energy into nutrition and working out. And I felt so amazing. And I think that's where this newfound, you know, kind of growth kind of came from. And then of course, then other difficulties in life kind of come through and then uh, a couple more toxic relationships. And I ended up gaining a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that we're having this conversation now because it is just over the last maybe couple of weeks where I am literally rediscovering, mm -hmm. putting in, the amount of energy that I want into my body so that it can perform and do what I need it to do. Um, I was putting a lot of emphasis on eating because oh it made me happy and fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love potatoes. I love baked potatoes. I love all these things. It makes me so happy and fun. 
And then you feel like crap afterwards because you're not putting things in your body that you really need to fuel it. Um, and being a florist is very physical. People think, oh no, it just, you do some flowers and you're done. No, you guys, I am bending down, crouching down on the floor, grabbing the sheet moths, uh, doing all this stuff to where I have to physically be fit. And I'm finding that it is taking a serious toll on my body mm -hmm. of how I feel. So over the last several weeks, I've been trying to really transform and dig deep and putting that energy into getting my body to where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Funny. Total sense. Um, yeah. And I kind of seem like I, you know, we kind of talked about it. I've talked about on here a little bit that I was in a car accident and wasn't really able mm -hmm. to be um, active. And so I was um, a little chunkier as well. And, and in one of my relationships that was very emotionally abusive, mm -hmm. he would tell me like, you have really fat thighs, like you should really oh try God. to do, you know? And so, but when I finally got into to eating better and working out, like you do see mm -hmm. that you feel so much better That's about better. yourself um, mentally and physically. And I think it's so important. And anytime I do kind of go off on my diet a little bit, I, just go, you know, I don't know. It's funny because I've come such a long way. It took me a long time to get to where I am with my mm -hmm. nutrition. But now when I go off of it, I'm like, how do people do this all the time? It's not wow. worth it. It does not mm -hmm. feel good. Like it is not worth that few moments of, of pleasure when you're eating it or drink, you know, and, and so it's helped me yeah. to not go there because I know how I'm going to feel after but it took yeah. a long time and I, and I had realized, you know, I didn't realize how bad I was feeling every day, eating what I was eating, drinking what I was drinking. I thought that was normal. And it wasn't until I got way on the other side of health that now I'm like, oh, people might think that that's normal to feel that way. <laughs> and that it's true. It's, <laughs> it's so true. It's like this vicious cycle. Uh -huh. of that. And I mean, I didn't want to go on a tangent on terms of like, wait, but that's what's contributed toward like all of that. And I have such a respect for that, but it, it be, literally just becomes this very vicious cycle of, okay, you, you eat to feel good, but it's really not making you feel good. And then you end up going back to it because you made you feel good from before, but really that's, what's actually making you feel down and making you feel yeah. sluggish. Really yes. Like sugar and all that is a drug oh and it's really hard I mean, I grew up eating awful. My parents didn't know any better. I don't blame them, but, but I had like, I mean, my, my mom thought that those like little Debbie's oatmeal cookies with the cream in the middle oh, was like, healthy because it had oatmeal. So like that was my breakfast. And then I would go to school and have like a soda and a cookie. And then I'd go home and have top ramen. And then everything we ate was from a box or a can. And so I didn't know that you could get like fresh green beans that weren't in a can until I was an adult. Like I never right. knew that was a thing. And so going from having dessert every night and eating that way to now eating as strict as I am now took a very long process. And I still yeah. have cravings after dinner for dessert because it's in my mind ingrained that that's yeah. what you do after meals, you have dessert. And so it took me a long time to break that. It is a very bad addiction, just like drugs. So it's so hard to discipline yourself. It's not easy. I don't think uh, it's easy for, for most 
you know, for most people, it's really hard. Otherwise, everybody would or, be uh, doing it, right? Everybody would be totally doing it. And I think because everything is so geared toward that, but I really do think it contributed to me doing the internal work, doing the internal work and the how that is such a huge part of it. I think a lot of people are only focusing in on, oh, I have to balance this or I have to be happy here. I need to get in touch with my emotions. And that's all true. But what we are putting into our bodies helps us. It, it fuels us towards success. Mm-hmm. It really honestly does. What we're putting into our bodies and working out and really just get moving um, I think is so incredibly, incredibly important. And now I'm seeing a crazy huge change in my demeanor. And it's not like you don't know this. Hello. It's not, this isn't our first rodeo, yes. you know, <laughs> it's like, you feel good when you work out stupid, just work out and do your thing and get into a small routine. So this is where I am at in my internal work of being able to kind of really put it in there. And I had to say that because I think we overlook it. It's what was success and what made you successful and great, great, great. It's everything. Yeah. It's all of those things. So that's where I'm at right now with my journey and you. trying to lose this weight and getting my abs back. It's a great place to be. And I really, it's just making it a habit. That's it. There's no secret to it. It's just, yeah. Just like getting up and brushing your teeth, you plan your workout, you schedule it like a meeting and yeah. you don't miss it. You don't cancel it. And it's no matter how busy you get, because if you, it's like that whole, you know, when you're in an airplane and they say, if the plane's mm-hmm. going down, put your mask on first and then put your kids on. You can't do anything unless you take care of yourself, unless you take care so of your true. body. And so um, working out, it's the good endorphins. It's good for your body. It's good for your mental health. It's good for everything. And, um, it'll give you that energy to just keep, keep going. Keep going. Um, so I'm glad that you're there and you're in your journey. That's amazing. And it feels good. It really actually feels good. And it's funny because, you know, before this conversation, when I kind of had to think about my past and think about how I kind of got to this point, it makes me feel good to know that there's still work to be done. And gives me another goal to be able to kind of, you know, achieve. So with my business, you know, 2020 was supposed to be a huge year for us. The biggest year of my career, literally for me and my team, it was literally like, okay, cool. I have, we can officially hire another me. Now we can go ahead and segue off into two separate businesses and kind of grow that and and have a bigger workspace and all these great things. And then COVID hit and bam, it was like, Wait, what just happened here? So I almost kind of feel like it, I had to reset myself a little bit and kind of pivot, you know, on terms of my business and in terms of my family life and now working from home exclusively with my husband on the other side and kind of really balancing all that out, but still finding the creative juices to pull from because I still have clients that I still have to, you know, work with and still, you know, small events here and there that we kind of do. So it's been a very, very fun ride trying to pivot that whole entire roller coaster and really kind of digging deep and I always say with people you know during this period of time this is either going to bring out a lot of a lot of negativity a lot of things and issues that you didn't even think that you even had Mm -hmm. and it's also going to either put you in that bad headspace or it's going to put you in a positive one because now you have some time to think about and assess where you're at Right. And I, I totally I agree with you. And when this happened, you know, I had decided early on, I can look at this as a negative that mm-hmm. we're all stuck here. And I'm, I live in a, in a place by myself and mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm like, it's lonely and I'm bored and I'm used to just go, go, go from yeah. 4 a.m. in the morning till eight o'clock at night, six days a week. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like sitting here and, you know, and I had decided early on, it needs to, I can't look at this in a negative way. I have mm-hmm. to spin this into a positive and use this to do something to create something. I always say, mm-hmm. oh, I would love to have a podcast, but I don't have the time. I would love wow. to have a clothing line, but I work all day, every day. I don't have the time for a clothing line. I and and now I'm like, you know what? I have time. Look at yeah. you now. Look at this. And so <laughs> doing it. Clothing line going. I got the podcast going. And it's like then I, you know, I hear from people that are like, oh, I had all these plans and it didn't work out and now they're just depressed and you know I, I encourage them all the time like I know this sucks we're all in the same boat no one is getting out of this like like let's just do what we can we always say we don't have time for things now we do right. you now have you to do. like look at this in a positive way and so um kind of segueing into now your COVID life I know you said you still have some clients that you do you know, smaller things for, and so you also are married and you have kids. And so has this changed your relationship with your husband at all, or like having him home all the time with you or your kids home all the time with you? How have you navigated that? I want to die. (laughs) (laughs) Bury me in the backyard. (laughs) Oh girl, I am nothing but honest here. There is no mincing words with me. No, I'm not. Some days I'm like, yes, let's, let's do this. This is great. Okay, great. Oh, he ate his vegetables. Oh, that's great. Okay, we're cooking and it's great. We're juggling great. And other days I'm like, goodbye. I got to go. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing this because you, you have to kind of know where your limitations are. So to say that I'm juggling it all is, a, is no, some days you drop the ball. Sorry. It just, it just happens. You have to do what what you can within the time frame that you have. And there's time periods where I have a wedding on a weekend or I have some private clients that I have to kind of get some things over to guess who ain't going to school that day or guess who, Hey, Corey, I need you to help me out. We have, we were able to kind of do like a little part-time nanny situation where I was able to have somebody come in and help me. We're not rich, so we can't do it all the time, but having somebody kind of come in part-time to kind of help me during times where I know I'm going to be really busy and utilizing that utilizing my family a whole lot more to help me with Dylan um, because he's a, he's a handful. He's six years old and we're at that fun point in school where, you know, kindergarten, you got to do the schoolwork, but they don't want to do it. And it's online and it sucks. And at first he was going to a special day class because he actually has autism. And so he's going to a special day class doing that. And now he's not, he's at home and he's like, mommy, I don't want to do school. I'm like, I understand honey, but you got to do it. So having to kind of juggle that now and, and work with all that, but I still have clients. Hey, Drew, Hey, Drew, can you let me know what the guest count is for this? It's like, it's never ending. Um, But I do feel like my husband and I have worked really well as a team as much as we possibly can. It has not been perfect. And I've sent a a couple of F-bombs on a daily basis because I'm like, God damn it. I need some help. I got it. I need, we need to work better. We need to work better as a team. We got to have a schedule here. And again, he's just looking at me like, I, I mean, I get it, but we, I have to work. I mean, I got to work too. You're the one who's new here. You're the one who's, who's never usually here working. Now you're here. We had a flow. 
Um, so yeah, so in balancing all that, trying to have as much of a schedule as I possibly can has been the greatest asset to me, but the nature of my business is, can be very unpredictable. Uh, somebody, a planner of mine could easily call me and say, Hey, there's a small gathering. They decide they want to get married. Uh, it's really small, but the budget's 15 K We need to have flowers laced from the top to the ceiling. You got to get it done. Mm. So that's kind of what my business has become. And then during the pandemic, just to kind of pivot a little bit and readjust, I started uh, an online curated marketplace. So that's been quite a bit and it's actually been fairly successful. I'm actually really surprised. I'm, I'm really happy with how far it's come and juggling that as well and making sure that we can kind of do it all. So um, it's definitely a challenge. There's nothing easy about raising children and balancing family life during COVID times. And as much as you feel lonely, or as much as you feel like you're by yourself and doing certain things, there's a certain strength that you have because you can focus. Mm -hmm. You can laser focus in on the things that you need to do to accomplish. And I'm not saying it's easier. It's different. It's just, it's just yes. different. We all have our struggles. We all have our uphill battles, but it is very different. But when I tell you that I would not give I would give a, quite a bit of money to exchange places with you just a couple days a week, honey. Just a couple days a week. No, I get it. I get it. I get sometimes I'm, you know, I hear from my clients and all the things they're going through or friends and I'm like, thank God that I don't have kids right now. But then other times, you know, I'm sitting here like, oh, I'm kind of lonely. I've been, you know, in this for almost a year and I'm yeah. like chilling and, you know, yeah. um, so I totally get it. I get like the positives, negatives of both and you're a, a challenge. You are a rock star. I mean, dealing with juggling with all the things that you're juggling and then making it's the most lot. out of COVID and all of that. It's, um, you're a rock I star. I think we have to. I think we have to do it just to keep pushing forward just we have to do it. It keeps our minds on it. It keeps us from going crazy. It keeps us from sulking over the fact that things are not the way that it was last year. Um, try not to dwell on those things. I think kind of for me, because I'm like, oh my God, I want to go this in here, or I want to go do this, or I can't do this. Disneyland, what about Disney? What about my Disneyland pass? What am I going to do? No. Set me over the edge, set me over the edge. But I think focusing in on what new things can happen and what new things that we can build and the new beginnings that we're about to embark on. I think that is so huge. And I want to focus in on that today and what I can accomplish today um, and focus on for the rest of the week and just keep going. I'm actually so glad that we had this conversation because it actually did so much for me, <laughs> more than what I thought. <laughs> That's it really did. That's the goal of this podcast is to inspire. And sometimes... Like I said, because fighters just keep going, it does, it's not until you really stop and think for a second of all your accomplishments and you thought, you think, wow, I did that. And then you get motivated and you're like, what else can I do? And sometimes it's just sitting here, really taking the time to focus on it. It, you know, it's not just a motivation all the time for listeners, but also, you know, for yourself. So I'm glad we had this opportunity. Yeah. I lost you for a second. Okay, I can hear you now. You're back. 
Got it. <laughs> See, that's what it's the universe trying to get me to do more work. And I'm like, no, just a couple more minutes, please. <laughs> just hold on. I have it's somebody right behind me. There is a sea of flowers because I have uh, like a small little event that I have to do. And I'm just looking at these things and my team is, is going to be starting coming to kind of help me get it all together. And I'm just like, this has been so peaceful and nice and just... <laughs> And that's what I'm not blessed for what I do. I'm so thankful. But I think having these conversations and just sitting down and really reflecting in on that makes me so appreciative for what I do have and makes me so appreciative for doing the internal work. So I just have to say thank you for this. This is a very cleansing conversation. I felt good about it. And I can't wait to see your other podcast. You've been doing so good, girl. Like, oh my God, I've been so motivated by your other, your, your podcast, such great content that you're putting out and great messages. And I just love how real this podcast has been. There's been a lot of fake ones just floating all around. And I appreciate how candid this has been and how open and how just real Keep doing it. Keep going. Very motivating. Thank you. That means more than you know. So thank you so much for that.